Imagine you're a Pharisee, an important religious leader, and you are angry. The fact that you're angry is not a surprise. You love being angry at other people who don't live up to your standards. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You enjoy sneering at people who mess up and don't follow the law perfectly, like you. You follow God's law so flawlessly that you and the other Pharisees have made up other laws to stack on top of God's law. None of the people seem to like the extra laws, but you don't care. Every time you follow a law, you are filled with pride in your perfect behavior. Today, you are angry at one specific group of people. Jesus and his followers have made you so mad that the other Pharisees have nominated you to confront him. You found out that some of Jesus' followers do not pour water over their hands before they eat. This ceremony is incredibly important because it keeps someone from becoming unclean if they touch the wrong thing. You stride up to Jesus and anger flashes in your eyes. Irate, you ask, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus looks you in the eye and responds by saying, You hypocrites! <gasps> Did Jesus just call you a hypocrite? How dare he! You can tell Jesus is still talking, but you are completely dumbfounded that someone would have the audacity to speak to you that way. I am a perfect follower of God's law, you fume to yourself. I would never sin like other people. As you regain your composure, you hear Jesus say, It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. You shake your fist at Jesus as you back away from him. Jesus is becoming too bold in his teaching and someone needs to put him in his place. You vow to be ready to confront him again the next time he comes into town. I'm Pastor Michael, and this is Chicken and Waffles, the Bible podcast for preteens, where learning and obeying God's Word creates preteens that are unique and unforgettable, just like Chicken and Waffles. What's up, everybody? I am glad you are back today. It is so good to be back with you. And I just want to give a shout out to my new friend, Sophia. I met my first listener, someone that I don't know, just the other day. And Sophia, I was walking out of a church service and Sophia came up and he's like, hey, are you the chicken and waffles guy? And I was like, yes, that is me. And so, Sophia, this is your shout out because I did not know you before, but I know you now. And I am so impressed with your confidence. And I love that you're listening to this podcast with your mom. So thank you for coming and introducing yourself to me. And if this is your first episode, I'm going to encourage you to go back to the very beginning because we are going through the Gospel of Mark one chapter at a time. And I want you to be like Sophia and start at the very beginning and come 
with each episode. I promise you we will still be here when you get back to chapter 7. You know, sometimes we read Scripture, and I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I read Scripture, I come across something that kind of makes me scrunch up my face and be like, what? What What does that mean? And you know, this is definitely one of those times. So let's dive in. And let's remember to ask our chicken and waffle questions. Our first question is, what does this mean? What does it mean? Right? So first, let me go ahead and just state this from the very beginning. You got to still wash your hands before you eat. Okay? That is healthy. That is sanitary. And make sure you use soap. All right? You can't get out of that. Now, the Jewish people had a lot of laws concerning whether they would be clean or unclean before the Lord. Now, when I think of whether I'm clean or unclean, I think about a time when I was growing up, I was probably close to your age, and my friends and I in the neighborhood, we went out and exploring, and they were building new houses close to our neighborhood, and so we were exploring around there, and we found a mud pit. Yes, it had rained recently, and they were doing construction and digging holes in the ground, and we found a massive mud pit. And you know what we did? We just looked at it, and, you know, we took pictures of it, and then we walked away. No, that's not what we did. I'm betting you know what we did. We jumped in. We jumped in that mud pit, right? And we got under the water. We put mud all up in our hair. We were all up in that mud pit. Now, I can guarantee you when I got home and I was covered from head to toe uh, with mud, I don't think my mom was too happy about that. Sorry, mom, right? But I'm pretty sure she pulled out... Uh, a hose and just sprayed me down uh, from top to bottom before she let me in the house. Now, that that's what I think about when I think whether I'm clean or unclean, right? But that is not what the Jewish people uh, were thinking when they talked about whether they were clean or unclean. For them, to be unclean meant that they were unclean before the Lord. And so if they ate the wrong food, they were unclean. If they touched a dead body, they were unclean. If they didn't pour water over their hands before eating, unclean. So when they were unclean, they were separated from God. However, Jesus called them hypocrites because they all they seemed to care about were the rules that they were following. But their love and zeal for only following those rules revealed that their hearts were far from God. So let's see how Jesus responded to those Pharisees. And today, we're going to read Mark 7, verses 5 through 7, then skip to verse 14. So let's see what God's Word has to say. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old traditions? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. 
you are defiled by what comes from your heart. So here we see that Jesus tells everyone it's not what goes into your body or what you touch that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. So whatever you eat or wear or touch, it's not going to separate you from God. Or even if you get covered in mud from head to toe, right? That's pretty unclean. That is not going to separate you from God. However, when you lie or when you cheat or when you make fun of someone or disobey your parents or you're mean to your little brothers or sisters, that reveals a sinful heart which does separate you from God. So Jesus is trying to help us see that it is, it's not these outside factors that separate us from him. It is the sin that we have in our heart that separates us from him. So I want you to remember our big idea today about what does this mean? My sinful heart separates me from God. All right, so if that's our big idea, then what's our second question? What do I do? Okay, so what do we do with this if it's our sinful heart that separates us from God? Well, first, I've got two things that I want you to remember to do. First, you talk to God. Yeah, see, you when you do the wrong thing, you repent of your sin and you ask God to forgive you. 1 John 1.9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. See, if we talk to God and we say, God, I've done the wrong thing, guess what? He will forgive you. And that prayer can look like you saying, God, I am sorry that I was mean to my little brother. Your word tells me that I should be kind to everyone, so it was wrong to be mean to him. I ask for your forgiveness. And boom, when you repent, God has promised to forgive you and your relationship with him will be restored. But then there's a second step. So first you talk to God, but then you talk to the person you hurt. Now, and this can be the hard part sometimes, right? Because we don't want to admit to the other person that we did the wrong thing or, or we want to hold on, you know, and justify what we did. But a part of repenting of when we do the wrong thing is making it right with the other person. Now, Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew that if you're worshiping God and you remember that you have a relationship with someone that is broken or hurt, that you need to stop worshiping him and go and make that relationship right. So what does that look like? Well, that means you need to give an authentic apology. Now, did you, did you notice how I put the word authentic in there? Because how many times have you... And I said, hey, I'm sorry, but didn't really mean it. No, because it's a heart issue, right? You have to truly mean it. So what does it look like to give an authentic apology? Well, first, you apologize for what you did. You go find that person. You're like, hey, I'm sorry that I did this. But then you got to move beyond that. Tell them why it was wrong and the impact of your actions. And then last of all, ask for their forgiveness. So what does that look like? Let's go back to that, you know, situation with your little brother, right? So after you've repented with God and said, God, I did the wrong thing. Will you forgive me? Then you go and find your little brother. We'll call him Johnny, okay? And you go, Johnny, I am sorry that I called you a mean name. I am supposed to be kind to everyone 
and my words were unkind. Will you forgive me? Now, that's hard, isn't it? It's, it's hard, especially to apologize to your little brothers and sisters. But when you take those steps, guess what? You're going to be reunited with God. Your relationship with God will be healed. And your relationship with the other person will be healed. And then you will be pure and clean on the inside. And so here's my challenge for you about what you are to do this week. If you've hurt someone with your words or actions, I challenge you to go through these two steps. Talk with God and talk with the other person. Hey, this has been a great time together. I love getting to do this, and I enjoy hanging out with you. So let's do this again, all right? We come back and join me for Mark chapter 8. And before our next episode, I want you to read Mark chapter 8 Get out your journal and ask our two questions, our two chicken and waffle questions. What does it mean and what do I do? Because every time you learn and obey God's word, you're becoming unique and unforgettable, just like chicken and waffles. I'll see you next time.